produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. of Wookiee Radio. It's been a year since we've talked. Okay. Last year since we talked. Take. Um, it is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, myself, Mike. It feels so odd recording tonight. Yeah. It should yeah, have. But it's still going to take getting used to. I have something all oh, on my me. desk. See, Derek and I, we're, we're used to hearing... But... No, that's going to be a different night for us now. Mm. See, I, my New Year's resolution was to uh, simplify my podcasting schedule. So we switched DC <laughs> to Sunday nights because Geek Watch 1 is already Sunday afternoons. And to move this to Wednesdays, and it's just it's freed up so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. It didn't make any change for you guys. You can record on Wednesdays and Fridays anyway. Well, hopefully by doing it this way, it means we don't lose you as much as we did last year. Yeah, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't have to take almost any time off at all. Unless I'm, like, at a convention. <laughs> on a Wednesday, that would be... There's a, a lot of shows that start on Thursday. You go in on Wednesday. It's true. I, I do, at least for Con of the Cobb, we do. I, I'll go... Uh, we, I usually um, get into the hotel Wednesday night and start setting up. Gotcha. Most of the other shows, you show, I'll, I should be showing up on Thursday if I go to anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't have my, much of anything that I have to skip for. Uh, I once again want to thank... Cause it, after not hearing it for a couple of weeks, I want to thank the guys from Bodactin for, for the theme song. What you know, Alex and 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 Luke for our theme song. It's oh yeah, bagpipes playing the Star Wars main title. Yeah, I don't think anybody that. out there has that. Okay, can claim that one. No, we are original in that aspect. Um, so how was y'all's holiday break? Good. People had a break. Okay. <laughs> we took a break because of the holiday. Yeah, I was still working. I actually ended up working on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Oh, I, I worked four straight, and then I got New Year's weekend off. <laughs> I worked. I had off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and that week. Uh, that Thursday, went to Kennedy Space Center with the family. Yeah, I saw that. Had How lunch, was that? Had lunch with the astronaut. That was worth the price. It really was. Cool. And Zoe even asked a question. Cool. So she had a whole list of questions she wanted to ask, but the guy goes, hmm. sorry, only one. So, so she got to ask one, um, and got some insights. Like when when we first see the astronauts, their first day in space, the reason why they're so puffy is their bodies are getting used to those new conditions. Yeah, because um, mm. they say they lose the most amount of moisture in their body 
most amount of water in their body in the first 24 to 48 hours. That's why they're so puffy. It's all the water that's in their body. So they, they release whatever they don't need. Um, and then they also said, too, the, one of the other bigger problems is, uh, let's just say, farting in space, especially in the spacecraft, <laughs> sticks around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it, I wonder if they use that as a form of propulsion. I don't think so. Probably uh, not strong enough, but. So, uh, yeah, we had, we had astronaut uh, Sam uh, Sam Gamir as our astronaut. And he flew on uh, three flights, uh, STS-38, STS-48, STS-62. Uh, it was Atlantis Discovery Columbia. Uh, and one of his flights, they were either the longest or second longest amount of days in space for a shuttle. Awesome. So first one he couldn't talk about because that was a classified military operation. Um, but the other two he was able to talk about with no problem. It was cool. It was absolutely cool. So tell you what else is cool. That Star Wars Resistance um, mid-season trailer. It's the new show comes out next week. Well, at time of recording, since, as we said, we're now recording on Wednesdays, but the show still airs. Saturdays on Sorcerer Radio, and of course, I'm doing my best to drop to get the shows ready and dropped for Sundays. Well, my goals for this year is be more consistent. It drops on Sunday. Why? Because every show that I'm doing now this year is dropping on Sundays. We be geeks Sunday. Actually, I don't know. We be geeks. I might drop on Saturdays, but still, Mighty Marvel Geeks Wookie Radio Sunday because it airs first on. Um, Sorcerer Radio. But, um, so, day after you're listening to this show, if it's Sunday, tomorrow night, new episode, second half of season two begins. And the trailer was cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, the, the feature uh, definitely shows improvement to the animation. Animation seemed to be a little more um, fluid, not as stiff, not as uh, wiry with the movement. Like, I think that was one of the things... For the beginning of the show, as characters were moving, it just looked like they were sliding. Even though you see the movement, it's like they were just sliding across the screen. Now they're they're moving like there's actual movement to them, if that makes sense. Okay, I guess it's just me then. No, no, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, but uh, just like with the, you know, we're seeing more Team Fireball and we're seeing um, more of the Pirates uh, we're definitely seeing more of, um, <laughs> of the First Order. Mm-hmm. Definitely has a lot yeah. more action than the first half. Yeah. So first half, 11 episodes. Well, I'm not going to say 11. Nine episodes to really build. The la- I think the last two really, um, really helped move towards the second half uh, direction. Um, you know, when we, you know, StarWars.com has different highlights, you know, eight different highlights uh, from the trailer. First one, we are the resistance now and we're taking back the Colossus. Um, you know, we first meet Kaz. He's an adept pilot, somewhat less skilled on his assignment to blend in and be a spy for the Republic. Um, now this is his resolve and he trusts he's built and the trust he's built with Jaeger and others shows that they're willing to fight by his side. Uh, and all that shows in the second half of the season is we're going to see Kaz coming to his own. Um, a phantom threat is number two, uh, much like the crew of the Falcon. Um, Kaz and Poe, you know, okay, as I say, much like the crew of the Falcon, when they discovered that they were looking for the planet in all places. I know, bad joke. You'll get to that one. 
Yeah. Well, uh, just dad doesn't mean to use dad jokes. I'll save the good one for after show. Uh, Chasm Poe stumble upon a startling discovery uh, as there is a system but no star. And, you know, we, this is kind of foreshadowing that they may be in testing grounds for what we come to know as Starkiller Base. Um, yes. Then a little later in the trailer, we see a hollow, hollow net um, news. Uh, we're seeing propaganda speech from Hux standing before the red banner, kind of reminiscing from um, his speech from The Force Awakens right before he attacks Hosey and Prime. I think it is the speech directly out of The Force Awakens. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Again, but... I don't I don't believe so, because I think this takes place uh, before. Kinda... Well, no, they've said that um, this, is, this show's going to bring us... Because originally it was six months before The Force Awakens. And they've right. said this, is, um, at least this season, probably, or the next season, will bring us right into The Force Awakens and past it. Maybe so this sense. may be from the finale, and this is actually from The Force Awakens. You're right. I, I misread this. In a... In a familiar scene with parts of his speech blocked right from Force Awakens. So, yeah, yeah. So, we're going to go right up into the movie with this by the end. Um, three, all racers are grounded. Um, of course, you know, the residents of Castilian have celebrated the Aces for their racing prowess and their entertainment, you know, and that entertainment value, but also for their security, you know, being the security force as well. Um, but right. now the First Order is flexing its muscle and going, uh, well, we don't need your puny little aces. We've got the air now. Y'all are grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when they're putting in charge of security, why would they want someone else doing it? Uh, number four, Leia's, uh, Leia's impassioned plea. Uh, when the general comes out herself and asks you for help, uh, it's kind of like Mother Nature. You don't put her on hold. You go and do um now she sends a message to kaz inviting him to join the resistance in perhaps one of the most desperate hours uh, and we'll find out if he heeds the call or stays to help his friends uh then we see tam in trouble uh, she's being led away by the first order uh can't wait to see what happens there and yeah it looks like uh in this one picture the we see the gold the gold trooper. I forgot his name already. But we also see someone who either she's an imperial officer or she's like a Death, Death Star commander with, with that newer style helmet. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, that, what's the chances of her possibly being a Tie Fighter pilot and the actual face shield comes off? That's possible, but that doesn't look like a Tie Fighter. Doesn't look like a Tie pilot's costume. That all. This almost looks like. Let me let me change it. This could be like the updated Imperial officers, you know, uh, armor that's kind of modded similarly to like what General Veers had or uh, yeah, General Veers had on the ad Yeah. Um, and then leave it to Doza to um, uh, to Tora Do- Doza to make yelling at stormtroopers sound cute by shouting <laughs> down at the invading brownie faces. Um, so it, it, it's kind of cool. Um, it's also going to be cool to see the elite troops break out some new underwater gear. So we're going to have the aqua troopers oh. back ahead there. Oh, no, I was just saying that was cool to see. Um. 
Number seven, a black astromech. Well, yeah. it kind of looks a lot like a BB-9E, but we're not exactly sure because, as we know, like with the Empire, there were several different models of the same looking black astromechs. Maybe there's the same thing with the BB units. Um, but it is interesting to see that these new BB series astromechs are, are the new direction for astromechs in this current universe. Uh, and that the old ones are kind of slowly going by the wayside. Because we got CB-23, who that we first see in the um, Signal from Sector 6 episode, um, etc. Uh, now, also, too, we see sort of like what they did with uh, um, Ezra. They, going into Season 2, or into Season 3, Kaz has a new hairdo. Um, so at some point, it's either his hair's wet, flopping in his eyes, but it's not styled in his trademark. Uh, and hopefully, I, I kind of hope they almost keep it this way, because I kind of like it a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. It, it shows a little bit more of that maturity from him. So, uh, so yeah, that's the trailer. Yeah, it's, it, the second season, like I said, it seems like um, the first season, the first half of the season was seemed a little bit slow. You had to learn a lot of stuff, but they weren't giving you a whole lot all at once. Right. The second half, like it's gonna fly. Mm. No pun intended. Yeah. So yeah, you'll miss the whole, the whole season. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I really am. Uh, I think it's definitely going the right direction. So, um, going in the right directions is uh, stuff for Disney Plus. Indeed, indeed. Um, so it looks like 2019 is going to be a pretty good year for uh, for Star Wars. And, uh, of course, we have The Mandalorian coming out on Disney Plus this year. And a new report from Entertainment Weekly has confirmed that John Favreau's Star Wars The Mandalorian will indeed premiere in 2019 and debut, debuting as part of the Disney streaming service. In fact, the report also seems to say that the Mandalorian's premiere will coincide with the launch of Disney Plus, and that would make kind of make it the flagship series of the upcoming streaming service. Uh, and if anything will be get people to sign on right away, that it would definitely be the Mandalorian. I think. A lot of people, a lot of my friends and stuff are pretty excited about it. I, I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, Holiday special cool. rifle. Come on. <laughs> of course, uh, that and uh, the announcement of the cast, um, which includes Pedro Pascal as the titular character roaming around the Outer Rim. There's also Gina Carano, Carl Weathers, which is awesome. I can't wait to see what part he plays. Like I said before, he'd better be like the mentor, the guy who taught the Mandalorian all his stuff or something like that. Could be, could be. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who um, you might remember him from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And, of course, Nick Nolte and, and Werner Herzog. Could be. <laughs> Well, if you remember, uh, in our year in review, we talked about Nick Nolte playing an Ugnaught, so not much of a stretch. (laughs) So, of course, when The Force Awakens came out, um, it established a major time lapse 
and change in the Star Star Wars galaxy, with the First Order filling the void left by the and the Marilorian. What the? <laughs> I just made a new a new show. The Mandalorian will explore the time, the beginning of this time period, showing what happens after the events of Return of the Jedi. I believe it was about three years after Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah. Yeah, the synopsis says the Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Um, and, of course, <clears throat> the biggest name attached to this was John Favreau, who's very excited to join the Star Wars franchise, being that he is a huge fan. Um, and John Favreau said, We're having a great time working with this incredibly talented group and excited for everyone to see what we're up and we are excited to see what you're up to as well. And uh, President of Lucasfilm Kathleen Kennedy has praised Favreau's work on the series and has indicated that it could possibly lead into future projects in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, that, that would be... Uh, to which she said, I couldn't be more excited about John coming on board to produce and write for the new direct-to-consumer platform. John brings the, pro- the perfect mix of producing and writing talent combined with a fluency, a fluency in the Star Wars universe. This series will allow John the chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilm the opportunity to build a robust talent base. So it looks like the Mandalorian will debut uh, along with the when the streaming service comes out uh, sometime in 2019. Although we don't still don't have an official date, I believe word is possibly in the uh, later half of if 2019. I have not heard anything. Disclaimer: no. I have not heard anything. Yes, no. I, I will work for the company. No, I haven't heard anything. I have not seen anything show up on company portal. Just like you guys, all we've heard is, you know, sometime this year. Knowing that D23 is in August, I would not be surprised if it doesn't come out October of 2019, which is the start of our phys- of the Disney physical year. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to possibly see right around D23, maybe right after D23, like within a week or two, you get a soft launch and then uh, you go first you go full. Yeah. DC did with theirs. If you think when they first launched the DC universe last um, late last summer, they didn't have the whole thing wasn't up and running yet right away when they first put it. They launched it and um, told everybody, hey, this is basically the beta version of it. And it took them three to four months, something like that, until finally they said, OK, boom, here's the full blow everything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, somewhere in the fall would probably be the perfect time. Because then it would give people plenty of time to watch The Mandalorian right before Episode Nine comes up. True, true. Well, still, even but, if it, even if it is an October release, there's still time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking if they did it in October, there'd be plenty of time to. Um, but not only is there news about The Mandalorian, but there's news about another show re- returning. Uh, that's coming to the Disney Plus, and that, of course, is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. 
the cart- uh, that was aired on Cartoon Network way back in 2012. And, uh, Many fans were furious at the new direction Lucasfilm was taking for the animated corner when they decided to cancel uh, Clone Wars and focus more on Rebels. But uh, I think in the end, I mean, it's still it was still sad that they canceled Clone Wars, but Rebels was still a great show. So yeah, yeah. it still was no Clone Wars though. No, of course not. No. Um, the magic about that it probably had to do with the fact that George Lucas was the guy that was writing for it yeah <laughs> but it was announced earlier well earlier uh, earlier this year uh, last year that uh, the Clone Wars would be coming back on the Disney Plus service for another season and of course Entertainment Weekly again confirmed that the seventh season of Star Wars The Clone Wars will debut on Disney Plus sometime in 2019. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Meaning that fans will be able to catch up with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka before the calendar turns. Uh, The Clone Wars was originally canceled after Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, with the, as I said, the animation team immediately switching focus to Rebels which focused on the time between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, with a minor focus on the characters from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Uh, And then, of course, that ended, and we got Star Wars Resistance. But Dave Filoni, the showrunner, took a back seat, presumably to focus on the development of the Clone Wars revival, as well as the first live-action Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, also set to debut on Disney+. Uh... As for why Disney and Lucasfilm decided to shift their focus away from Clone Wars and towards new properties, Daniel Logan, the the voice actor who played the young Boba Fett, said it was to refocus the brand for a more family-friendly audience. To Disney, they canceled it. I think it was getting a little too graphic. Actually, it was getting really graphic. Uh, Boba was doing some really, really cool stuff. He started actually becoming a bounty hunter. Hmm. But um, Ahsoka voice actor and geek icon Ashley Eckstein promised that the new season will be amazing when it is finally released, saying, I can promise, obviously Dave Filoni is a part of it, and he's done his best to bring back a lot of the key people that were part of the show, pretty much all the cast members, and then also some of the main crew members. The stories are incredible. The people are incredible, and anything that Dave Filoni touches is going to be amazing. True. So yeah. look for that coming out on Disney Plus sometime in 2019. Well, well, that, go, ahead. go ahead. We may be I'll going in the same direction. Probably. The um, Like we've been saying for a while, she was saying anything Dave Filoni is going to be amazing. That's Dave Filoni needs to take kind of a Kevin Feige role for Lucasfilm. We've been saying this for a while. They need Kathleen Kennedy is a great businesswoman. She's a great producer. I've never seen her much as a story person. Let her run the day-to-day business of the company and then bring in some, do something like a Dave Filoni to take care of the story and actually making sure everything's cohesive and actually take care of the world building side of it. Yeah. And actually right. where are these stories going and having actual one person saying, this is the line you can play with it all you want, but this is the through line. This is where you got to end up at, at the end of this. I think that's what yeah. star Wars needs. It's 
that's what we've said over and over again here that this seems like the one thing um, Star Wars has missed since Lucas sold it was a single um, a single vision. Right. They have a corporate vision saying, okay, we will have this many movies at this time, and this uh, this will be done, and this will be done. But Star Wars needs a story direction, a, a vision for the story, right. which but someone like a Dave Filoni excels at. Yeah. That's something Lucas was awesome with. He was never great at writing scripts and writing dialogue and things like that. But when it came to the actual nuts and bolts of the story and telling a story, that's what he could do great with. That's why you notice is like Star Wars was magic in a bottle, the, a new hope. But when it came to Empire and Jedi, he stepped back and let a couple other guys direct it and help with the scripts and stuff so that he could actually just guide the story where it needed to go. But he didn't have to worry about the day to day, the way the movie was running. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and we were going the same direction. I was going to say it is the, the thing to do will be make um, make Filoni in charge of content. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kathleen should still be final stamp of approval. Yay, nay, shoot it up to Iger or whoever's above her at Walt Disney Studios. But let Filoni, since he's already kind of a hand in on story group as well, let him handle the content. Yeah. Let him be the almighty of the holocron. Um, so that's what, yeah, I, that's what I would great. do. They've had the story group since the beginning, but you need someone that, uh, a single person that says, this is the vision. Right. So, and that kind of leads a little bit into where we're going, um, next. Cause we actually have some celebration news and it, no, Dave Filoni hasn't been announced that he's going to be there, but we know better. Has he skipped yet? <laughs> but we do have. Some- He'll be there because he's got he's got to pull the Filoni move at the at the press at the press conferences for uh, and at the voice acting panels. Yeah, so I would not be surprised if they didn't make an announcement there on a new position for him, because there's been rumors and speculation for a while of him changing positions within the company, and yeah. something's changed here. I would not be surprised if he got if a new position wasn't announced for him at Celebration. But Good. you know, confirmation of some actors who will be there, specifically voice actors. Now it was announced that um, from Star Wars Resistance, we will be getting um, actor Christopher Sean, who plays um, Kaz Ziona, Susie McGrath, who plays Tam, uh, and Scott Lawrence, who plays Jaeger or Jaeger um, at Celebration. Also. This one's no big surprise to anybody who's ever been to a celebration. James Arnold Taylor will be there, who has played Obi-Wan and 900 other different voices in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that was not a surprise at all. I mean, it, it's not a celebration unless um, James Arnold Taylor's there. I don't, remember, uh, I don't remember him being at the one in Orlando. I think that's the only one that I can think of that he's missed since he's done it. Wow. He didn't do anything for... Um, <laughs> He was huh? he was at five and six. He was not yeah. at twenty Orlando twenty seventeen. Well, they they didn't have any projects he could talk about then. <laughs> True. But, yeah. uh, also have um, Janina Kavankar, who plays Aiden Versio in Battlefront Two, will be there as well as oh, yeah. Matt Wood, who plays uh, multiple voices in the Clone Wars and all of the movies since the uh, in the newest generation of Star Wars. But um, and the speculation is that um, now all the actors will be there at the event. And signing autographs. So obviously we don't know what panels or anything are going on yet because it's still not until April. Right. But with the but, but with season two announced, come on. Yeah. Man. 
Well, we do know that um, there was so many voice actors going to be there and more to be announced still. Um, anyway, yeah, the song presence voice actors will probably see a, at least a sneak peek of the upcoming projects, not just Clone Wars or Resistance, but other things that we know is in the works. Uh, but I would not be surprised if um, we probably won't get a full episode of Clone Wars, but you'll get a full trailer for Clone Wars. Right. And uh, people are saying that we could get a, um, a teaser for episode um, nine, but I'm thinking for Clone for Celebration, you're going to get the full on theatrical trailer, and we'll get a teaser next month at the Super Bowl. Yes, that's and, th- and I think I was saying that last month. Teaser at Super Bowl. We're not getting a trailer of any kind before the Super Bowl. No, um, but at Clone Wars, we'll probably get a full trailer if. Well, they may go ahead and debut the um, first episode of season seven. I would not put it past Dave Filoni for something like that. He's done that type of thing before. Mm, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> first episode of season four, Rebels. Uh-huh. So it's going to be interesting to see when Celebration comes up because there is so much coming for the fall of 2019. What are we going to get from Celebration? We know the Mandalorian's coming. The um, Clone Wars is coming. Galaxy's Edge was not open yet for either park yet for that. So we're going to get more stuff about Galaxy's Edge. You know we are. No, well, and but it was talked about at the last Celebration. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was loosely talked about what are we going to get. Because I want I want to say that's where the name was dropped officially. Probably. Was that Celebration 17? I don't remember off the top of my head. What well, says here? No, they're they're speculating about um, the episode 9 trailer still, which we were already talking about too. So Right. So, yeah, it's like we may get more some Galaxy's Edge news. Actually, I think if we get anything from Galaxy's Edge at Celebration, it'll be about the resorts. Uh, well, the resort, the resorts, resorts, not even scheduled to potentially open until next year, twenty twenty. So the so celebration would be the perfect time to start talking about it officially. Yeah, not just this is what the concept is. I think we're going to get more information about Galaxy's Edge because um, I guess I'll take it. This is the segue to that story because <laughs> um, Disneyland's going to open first. In June, according to Bob Iger, he has pretty much right. spilled the beans. June's when it's going to open. We're going to open in the fall here in here in Florida. Uh, we saw during the Christmas parade. Oh, what everyone was speculating is the treasure is the the trailer, the trailer, and, and we called it, folks. You're going to see a a sneak peek of what's coming with the Galaxy's Edge, the Falcon ride. Oh my God, amazing! Um. It reminds me of Mission Space a little bit, where each person has specific assignments depending on the chair you're in. And you got to do certain key sequences or whatnot in order to make it through. Um, and then we also get a little bit about the uh, we saw a little bit of the the rise of the, the rise of the resistance, rise of the first order. Whereas basically you're you're on a troop transport going through a Imperial or First Order base when we see scenes of, oh, a ship heading towards the Star Destroyer Bridge, et cetera, et cetera. That looks cool as well. And I, that has very much a feel of like the Men in Black um, ride. And I think that's the ride that supposedly you may or may not be able to get out of to walk. But it's got, that's the ride with the Adats. Oh, man, I can't wait. Um, but here's the problem. Disneyland has already announced huge ticket price increase going mm. into effect 
this past Sunday, uh, and it's applied to all daily and annual ticket prices, parking, and more. I mean, they're already projecting 200000 to possibly appear day one of Galaxy's Edge opening. Park can't hold that. They'll be at capacity before 10 o'clock if they open at 9. They'll yeah. be at capacity by 10. It'll be that, that mm-hmm. insane. Um, so, um, now I want to go, I kind of want to go back before we touch on the ticket pricing. I kind of want to go back to the Millennium Falcon Smugglers run. Zoe and I caught it almost right away. Did y'all see what the head, did y'all recognize what the head sculpt looked like? Mm. Watch the trailer again. They're working on like an animatronic head sculpt. Kind of looks like Hondo. Well, that's big speculation. Yeah. Uh, see it. There was a, I don't know if it was a rumor or what, but there was a rumor that allegedly it was going to be that Chewie let Hondo borrow the Falcon. Yeah. And that's where that's where the ride takes place or when the ride takes place it's, with Hondo having, having the Falcon, but. It's supposedly Hondo has gone ahead and added a couple extra seats. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, as we know, all the music's going to be done by John Williams. Um, then the, uh, but here's the deal. Ticket prices before this past Sunday. I get caught up here. Delete a couple tabs. Ticket prices before this last Sunday were as follows. Um, a regular day ticket went from 117 to 129. I just saw the trailer that sorry that sorry to interrupt you. That is that is definitely Hondo. Yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm watching now. That is Hondo. I'm watching him sculpt the clay. Yeah. Either that or done everything they can to make another alien look like Hondo. Oh, that's Hondo. <laughs> um. Now the price of a on a of a peak ticket, which is basically when you know during peak season, like summer, like oh when Star Wars land, when Galaxy's Edge opens, it's gonna go from one thirty five to one forty nine. That's not that big of a difference. It's only fifteen dollars. Now, um, oh, I saw it earlier. They were talking like a one day park hopper was going from like one eighty four to two ninety nine or to one ninety nine. Now, mind you, that's getting you, allowing you to bounce back and forth between two parks. But, yeah. Now, I've never been to Disney, obviously, but um, do you actually have time to do more than one park per day? It can be done. Yeah, it can be, depending on what what you want to do in each park and... All four parks can be done in one day, it, especially if you, like when when we did it, we did the criteria of one ride and one not snack kiosk, but an actual counter service kiosk or a counter service restaurant. But basically, if you want to actually go and enjoy the park and see see what there is to see, you really want to spend at least one day per park. Yes, right now studios you can do a half day and, and do everything. Well, yeah, but half that half that park is closed right now. This is true. I remember years ago when my wife and I went, we can't we did uh, we did Epcot in like half a day. Shame on you. Oh, uh, you know that could almost be a well <laughs> with what we're about to go through at Epcot. Half day could almost be the same thing. But if you come during festival times. For one of the festivals, I mean, there's a lot right. there that'll keep you there for the day. Because right now, I mean, we're getting ready to go into the Festival of the Arts, which from there we'll go to the Flower and Garden Festival, um, which will take us into 
pretty much summer. And then for the summer, we have the International Festival of Nothing going into food and wine, then going into the International Festival of Holidays. The International Festival of Nothing? Yeah, there's there's no festival for the summer. It's like the uh, only time we don't have anything. Well, because that's the one time you don't want to. They're not having problems getting people to show up. Well, they they've talked about potentially doing something with NASA and doing like a, a space festival during the summer. Oh, that'd be or cool. Something. So, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. But continuing with Star Wars Land or a Galaxy's Edge, whatever you want to call it, um, someone's been a little naughty. A a a registrant by the name of Ben Clark. Sorry, you went to court for all this. Your name's being mentioned. Uh, he was accused by Lucasfilm and Disney for controlling the domains to prevent Disney from reflecting its mark in corresponding domain names. According to Disney and Lucasfilm, Clark was intentionally attempting to gain internet internet traffic for commercial gain. Sole panelist Charles Kuchenmeister, <laughs> I'm not saying that one again, uh, ruled in favor of Disney. Looked right. <laughs> oh, I know I got it right. Um, ruled in favor of Disney and Lucasfilm, agreeing that the domains were registered in bad faith and that they were confusingly similar to Disney trademarks. Now, what was the domains in question? StarWarsGalaxiesEdge.com and StarWarsLands.com. Um, <laughs> what, why did he register those? Because he was hoping to make bank. Oh, yeah, you can have these. It'll cost you a million bucks each. I'm sure so was the direction he would have gone. If that's all he wanted, Disney would have paid him. That's not that much for them. Oh, yeah, but no. Why pay? So this- Why if it was okay? If it was me, it's not me because I don't have to worry about it. I would have said I want lifetime passes. I want Club Thirty Three membership. Oh yeah, and a million bucks. And I want Club Thirty Three membership for both coasts and any future places you put but i want i want lifetime annual pass for all parks which would have been everything but tokyo because tokyo licensed the names licensed the the ip it's not owned by disney that's interesting so um so basically you would say i want the golden mickey <laughs> yep pretty much uh, now, why was this an issue? Well, this kind of goes back to when actors one and other groups um, wanted to control their own domains, and they were held by ransom by opportunists who bought up the URLs to profiteer. So, or just who were yeah, smart to get up before someone else thought about it. Yeah, it's happened with other other stuff as well. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know how I go on this one because it's like, the guy was smart enough to register this stuff before Disney did. If they were not bright enough to pick it up before they and made the announcement of the name of the place, then that's I, that's on them, I think. Um, I don't know. I was I just clicked on Star Wars at StarWarsGalaxy'sEdge.com and it takes me to a weird movie, Bad Ideas Since Forever. Huh. And so it looks like a picture of Space huh. Mountain. Mm-hmm. This is funny. Uh, yeah, this, this is hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I don't... It, 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 Disney has whole teams of guys that all they do is uh, figure out, oh, okay, yeah. what IP should we buy, or um, what websites and domains should we register? And, and these guys wouldn't have thought of these two before they made an announcement saying that this is the name of the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it is weird. If it was available after they made the announcement, that's their fault. Mm, true. Well, right now, the two sites, all they are are redirects to this guy's a weird movie. 
Yeah. And which he has on the site. He t- he's he got um, press releases, uh, press links talking about how, um, like, I guess this guy is the manager of uh, Grumpy Cat. Okay. <laughs> I think. Because um, he's got, like, client services. I'm trying to see what else is listed. Um, yeah. <laughs> the agent to the memes is making bank by repping Grumpy Cat, Keyboard Cat, and other viral stars. This guy's a manager. Of course, the last thing is Ben Lash's meme manager for internet celebrities. Um, Mm. So, this guy tried to take advantage of the other? Okay, cool, whatever. Bye-bye, you're done. So, um, so yeah, good for Lucasfilm and Disney for going after this guy. And and definitely... uh, to me, it always bugs me when stuff like this happens. Yeah. Because I've seen it happen with, like, sports teams and other groups. And yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, yes, people should have paid attention and not been stupid and let it go, but paid the price. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, the other guy paid the price because he's able to... <laughs> he, he tried to go up against a... A lion that actually ate him up. Yeah. So. <laughs> More like a saber tooth tiger. <laughs> that too. So, uh, I guess moving right along. Got some gaming news. Boy, howdy. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Star Wars Hee Haw. Population? Yeah. Three. Salute. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so, uh, gamers out there. I think hmm? that's show title. Star Wars. <laughs> Salute. So, uh, gamers out there may recognize the name of uh, a little company called Respawn Entertainment, mm. who is the studio behind immensely entertaining Titanfall, which I have never played. But. Oh, I love Titanfall, the first one. I don't have set the second one yet. Mm. First one, we uh, didn't like the fact that it didn't have a um, solo mission or a way to actually play without being online. Yeah, I think that's I haven't played it. Um, but um, they've been uh, they've been a little quiet lately. But uh, it looks like uh, building up for something big because following it, the its acquisition by Electronic Arts, who is becoming the Disney of uh, video games, and the announcement of their forthcoming Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh yeah. Uh, we could see the we could see some games from them coming out in 2019. Um, games Industry International recently ran a report where several analysts gave their predictions for the game. For the gaming year to come, and analyst Michael Pactor, who works at Wedbush Securities, uh, had plenty of things to say. Uh, one thing he says he believes that they we could see a new handheld only Nintendo Switch coming for two hundred for one hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, he, he thinks a new Splinter Cell will be announced this year. After months of rumors about that game. But when it got to Respawn, uh, he believes that they've got a huge lineup coming in a few months. Uh, Of course, uh, he believes we'll see Titanfall 3, which he announced will be 
which she believes will be announced for a release sometime in September. Uh, after that, we have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which he believes will possibly come out in time for the release of Episode Nine later this year. So we could see that in the holiday season, possibly. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, of course, he's been saying this since October, but this is the first time he's given a more specific launch window for Titanfall 3. Excuse me. Uh, and September would make a lot more sense than how Titanfall 2 launched because it came out just a week after Battlefield 1, and that kind of gives problems with the audience that EA was looking for. But it still did pretty well. (laughs) Uh, Of course, this question about whether Respawn could, in fact, get both games wrapped up for release this year, uh, because both of those games would no doubt require some heavy development time. But there's a good chance that these games have actually been in the works for longer than we realize. Uh, certainly they probably have been working on them long before they actually started talking about them. So uh, there's a good chance we might find out more about these games during the annual EA Play event in June if that happens. Of course, as always, nothing has been confirmed by either Respawn or EA. So, you know, keep that in mind when you when you get excited about this. But Pactor seems pretty sure that it will happen. And we haven't heard any other plans about what the publisher has lined up this year. Aside from the Anthem launch coming next month, which that looks pretty good. Yeah. So, so uh, mm? might have to wait and see what happens at uh, E3. Yeah. Yeah. So the question will be, I mean, it, it is. It would be a perfect, perfect timing to have it come out in time for Episode Nine. Yeah. Nice little cross promotion there, and I would not be surprised to see something. Um, that once again, going back to celebration, something a celebration for it. Oh, I'm sure we'll still E3 is before Celebration, right? Or is Celebration yeah. before E3? January, isn't it? No, CES is right now. Uh, CES is now. Yeah. CES is now. Uh, I don't know when E3 is, but yeah. I'm looking it up right now. E3 Expo 2019, June 11th through 13th. So yeah, we we might see the first um, first bit of stuff for it at Celebration. I know I saw quite a bit about Star Wars thirteen thirteen at Celebration six. Yeah, before wow. that whole thing got scrapped. <laughs> oh my god, that game is gorgeous. It's pretty much complete. Just mm. give it to us. It's on the shelf. Yeah, practically with the scripts for that for the TV series. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, yeah, I mean, it would be smart to release the game next fall in time for the holiday season and the episode nine. So we'll see what happens. 
Well, we do have something here that's um, not going to be going on Lucasfilm shelf. It will definitely be released before fall. And that is Lego has made some major announcements. Being that I didn't realize that the Lego Star Wars license is 20 years old this year. With the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, the first Lego Star Wars sets were the Phantom Menace sets. Oh, yeah. Wow. In April, they will be releasing a series of 20th anniversary re-releases. Or no, 20th anniversary releases of Lego Star Wars sets. Um which should be arriving as of April to celebrate the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. It says here that this year marks 20 years since the release of The Phantom Menace and the launch of the LEGO Star Wars theme. A wave of that celebrating the milestone was recently announced and was rumored for an April launch. With the information now confirmed, the Brick Fan has highlighted a page in the Australian catalog that states that the sets will launch in April. Now, um, Brick Fanatics, I guess, is was a website from the Brick Fan. Um, it says they had heard that the figures the figures could have the classic yellow face styles of the old minifigs. That would be cool. And that um, among the releases would be Anakin's Pod Racer 20th Anniversary Edition Ooh. and the Slate One 20th Anniversary Edition. Ooh. It has the actual set numbers here, but that unless, well, for Lego fans, the Anakin's Pod Racer would have been 75258 and Slave One would be 75243. Uh, I am on Lego's website right now. Let me see if they pull up. Is that they. If they've already got set numbers assigned, they may be on site. Because I know right now, there is a Lego kit I want, and that's the Death Star Escape. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is cool. Um, no, it's not listed yet. Well, there is one that should be listed, and this one is um, actually uh, rated more for the younger crowd, and it is the first Star Wars set to actually be branded under Lego's 4-plus age group designation, and it is the Lego Star Wars X-Wing Starfighter Trench Run, 75-235, and it is only 132 pieces. Um, the Lego X-Wing Star Wars Trench Run kit is available right now from Amazon for $30, which is a low price for a uh, Star Wars kit at all. Uh, how much? Kind of all. How much should I listen to for? Twenty nine ninety nine on Amazon. Same as Lego dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says here you can order directly from Lego. Also, now the actual official description says, "Let your child play out unforgettable Lego Star Wars space adventures with the X Wing Starfighter Trench Run collectible toy building kit or um, collectible building toy." This Lego Four Plus set is designed to be fun and easy for youngsters with folding wings and an opening minifigure. Fig- cockpit plus a special starter brick base that lets even first-time builders experience the pride of constructing buildings vehicles and more all on their own the included simple guide to build and play will also help your young rebel warrior understand the purpose of the building steps and grow their imagination and confidence for the perfect start to lego brick building in a familiar Star Wars setting. This simple Lego set also includes a rotating turret for endless play, as well as Luke Skywalker and Stormtrooper minifigs, plus the R2-D2 um, Lego droid figure. So it right. comes with three minifigs. And in the um, different perks of this one says that the Lego 4 Plus set sets are specially designed to be fun and easy for youngsters and help to grow their confidence with simple building steps and perfect for Lego brick building. Yeah. It includes two Lego Star Wars minifigs and the... Um, 
um, R2-D2. Uh, it has the X-Wing and the turret with firing disc shooters. Uh, the X-Wing, as seen in the blockbuster Star Wars A New Hope movie, features opening wings and a cockpit the, to sit Luke in, plus a special starter brick base to quickly get your child building and play this. So looks like it's a one-piece base probably that this um, you start building on top of. Uh, it's got to be because yeah. I'm seeing, looking at the parts list, if you... I, I'm seeing. I'm not seeing that actual base, but I'm seeing uh, components that would go with that base. Okay. Well, it does say the weapons that come with this is you get Luke's um, lightsaber and the Stormtrooper's blaster with it. Um, and Lego Four, actually, the Lego Four Plus play sets were actually used to be called Lego Juniors. Right. Compatible with all Lego building sets. Uh, and this one's interesting. It combines with the seventy-five two thirty-seven Tie Fighter Attack and the seventy-five two forty-seven Rebel A-Wing Starfighter Four Plus sets for loads of fun-filled Star Wars adventures in the stars. So this I- is. With other sets. I haven't seen the the A wing. Oh, there's the A wing. A wing's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're squadier little ships, not like the actual things. But no, this yeah. this is cool. Mm-hmm. And the turret looks kind of awesome. Yeah. Have this built now. Does the A wing actually come with the turret or something? Also, no. It, it's just the A. It comes with like a little wall section with uh, with the A wing and C three PO. Okay, and what's the TIE Fighter attack come with? TIE Fighter attack uh, comes with a TIE Fighter pilot and a uh, Rebel Trooper, and it looks like a uh, computer screen, a nice-sized computer screen with um, with a Death Star on it. Okay. Ah, that must be from the briefing chamber. Yeah, which it's a wall element piece, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, it's very cool. Um so yeah, Lego's got a lot of stuff going on right now. And oh my god, this Death Star, um, the Death Star escape set looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I have the um, the the detention center that was the celebration exclusive. Now we were lucky to to win the lottery to to pick one of those up. So I'm like, okay, cool. And that one's still sealed in the in the box. I'm like, it's probably going to stay this way. But someone posted online the instruction manual, and of course, at the end of it, it's got the parts list. I'll buy the parts. I'll I'll figure out a way over time to gradually buy the parts, set it aside, so I could eventually build this. Yeah. Um, if I don't have most of it already. Um, but then they come out and they do this Death Star Escape, thirty bucks, and you recreate the the scene with the the hook and the mouse droids and all that. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. And this is it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous piece. Um, it, it fits with the detention center. Um, I, I can't wait. Uh, I, this is definitely on my, my grab. Um, the, they have another scene set. I mean, betrayal at cloud city. That thing's huge. It's almost like buying a death star. Um, that one's a good size kit too. I've seen it put together at the Lego store. Um, but there's another one I just saw, the uh, Jedi Starfighter with the hyperdrive suite, too. It was the um, the Hoth set. Um, Vader's Castle is going to be... I want to see that in person, but if I had the money, I would get that. Snoke's Throne Room's okay. Uh, Octu Island was okay. Um, oh, the Hoth Medical Chamber. Oh, yeah. And with it, you get 2-1-B. You have FX-7. Uh, you have... Leia and Hoth, you have Luke in the outfit, um, but you have the whole medical thing. 
uh, where you could put Luke in the chamber. It's I I just want two on me in this. You know what I I had never had, but I got for Christmas this year. Someone got me the um, Darth Vader brickheads. Yeah. Oh, I have that. Yeah. Fun. I'm and actually at the uh, price, like I just saw here, you can get Luke and Yoda here on the website for like fifteen dollars. Yeah. And most of brickheads are only like nine ten dollars. That's perfect for people to get in. It doesn't take a whole lot of space, and it's basically it's like action figures except from Lego. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. I've been building them for a while. They're fun. And then the, moving up to the, um, I forget, what do you call the ones that are actually, they are the action figures, the, the more of the advanced ones? I don't, it just oh. has their names have what the set is. Zoe's got one of those. <laughs> I, it's almost like a techniques kit. Kind of, yeah, because I have the Ray one. Zoe's got Ray as well. Now, the one, the one I'm looking at that I think is kind of cool is the Sand Speeder. Mm. And basically, it looks like it's a variant of the Snow Speeder, but it, it is. It's it's basically, it's the Snow Speeder kit, but with tan pieces instead of the white. And they give it some desert camouflage. The ones yeah. I wish I could have had, um, if I had the money back in the day, was, uh, do you remember they put out the Star Wars Collector Series? Yes. X-Wing and ones. They had the smooth panels and stuff. They had actually... The bricks oh, yeah. up on the edges, and it actually looked like a regular model by the time you're done. It didn't look like a Lego. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have got some of those. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because those were beautiful. Um, I guess that kind of almost wraps it up for us this week. Any final thoughts before we take off? Well, I had one that um, I don't know if anybody noticed, but if you didn't, if you've been waiting for an excuse to see Star Wars Solo for some reason, for some reason you're listening to our show, but you've decided uh, I'm going to wait to see Solo Star Wars Story. It's on Netflix now. You don't even have to buy it. You don't have to rent it. It's free on Netflix now. If you don't have Netflix, do the month trial. Cancel it at the end of the month. Then you can go see it. So You will not be sorry that you saw this movie. No. Mm, It was good. Speaking of movies. Lucasfilm will not be doing any movies specifically for Disney+. Plus. So any movie they do that is Star Wars-based is going to the theaters. Then, eventually, the Disney+. Plus. They will not be doing like Disney is with Lady and the Tramp, going straight to oh, right, yeah. Disney+. Plus. Lucasfilm's not going to have that happen. So, oh. um... Iger was saying, I read that article also, and uh, like Iger was saying, that the price of the movies, you cannot get that back by putting it on a streaming service. True. So um, if that's it, going once, going twice. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I lost R2. <laughs> Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs>